0: get into night two this is in my opinion was one of the weaker nights um i think night one beat night two out i'm just gonna say it um but let's get started with the first match of night one this is interesting we saw charlotte and rhea ripley kick off night one um this is a match that i've been waiting for for a while of course rhea came in being compared to charlotte and she said i'm not i don't want to be the next charlotte i want to be the first rhea and this match, I think, was everything we were looking forward to. Both women showed that they are two of the top now. Um, of course, we saw Charlotte working on the leg. Charlotte, being the queen that she is, has to reach her father's heights and win her 11th Women's Championship. Um, she won. And I think things going forward, I think they took the title off of Rhea. Rhea's going to come to the main roster. Charlotte's going to move down to NXT to kind of be the anchor to bring that women's division up. Rhea's going to come to Raw and battle Becky Lynch for that title. They might get Shayna involved there and make it a triple threat, but I personally see Rhea becoming the Raw Women's Champion in the future. Um, But yeah, what were your thoughts on this match?
1: I mean... I was really liking it, like even going into the match. Cause I mean, yeah, I didn't watch WWE much, but I mean, I would watch clips like highlights and stuff here and there. And like, I was, I was kind of disappointed like that Charlotte one. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. She definitely deserves it. And I'm not a huge fan of Charlotte. Not that I have anything against her. I'm just, I'm not a fan of her and i'm a i'm a pretty big fan of ria rippling i was kind of upset because her reign didn't last long because i mean like what she went in just like e- either earlier this year or the end of last year or so
0: i believe it was the end of last year it might have been no i think it was the beginning of this year to be honest i think it was the rumble uh Takeover that they had in Portland. Did she win it? In I Portland? think
1: she actually won it on an NXT taping.
0: That's right. Yep. It was before. It was before the Rumble, though. I remember that because then Shayna came out in the Rumble. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Continue.
1: But like I said, like I was really hoping that Rhea retained, and then I mean, I mean, I guess it's not that bad that. That Charlotte won because, I mean, like you said, Charlotte can now boost the NXT women's division up to the top. But, I mean, I was still hoping Rio won because, like, I'm tired of seeing Charlotte winning all these titles back and forth. I mean, she's just like – she's like the female big show. She, they can't decide whether to make her face or heel because she's always switching back and forth.
0: Shout out to The Big Show also, not to interrupt. Uh, Big Show's got a new Netflix special starting today. Um, the Big Show show, check it out. It's on Netflix, Big Show. Um, but yeah, I like that that analogy, Big Show to Charlotte. Um, but I'm a huge fan of both of these women, Rhea and Charlotte. I think it's tough to say, but I think Charlotte is probably the best women's wrestler ever. I enjoyed the Charlotte Rhea match a lot. I'm a fan of both of these females and I I know this is going to be a stretch to say, but I believe that Charlotte might be of the last 25 years the best female wrestler there is on the roster. Would you agree with that?
1: Uh I mean, kind of, but I kind of want to disagree with you with that because, I mean, she hasn't been here for so many amount of years. So, I mean, she still has more to prove, like, definitely. I mean, yeah, she's won a lot of titles within her short five to ten-year career. But still, I feel like if you give it a few more years, she definitely will prove that she is the best woman.
0: Okay, fair enough. Rhea potentially could one day be the best. I mean, I, I enjoy what I see from her so far. I think this was a great matchup. Of course, it's the matchup I've always wanted to see. Matchup a lot of people wanted to see that. We got to see, and I'm I'm glad we saw it because it was a good match. Sit So yeah, um, next matchup on the card, Alistair versus Lashley. Um, this has to be the match with the least. Amount of build. I mean, I don't remember. Maybe one time they said that there was going to be a match between them. But that's about it. That's all we heard. Um, this match, it was an okay match. I mean, Lashley pretty much dominated like we were going to expect. Power of Lashley versus the speed of Black. Um, Lashley was going for what looked like to be his old finisher, the Dominator. And Lana... Um, told Lashley no, put him down and do the spear. Lashley went for a spear, got a fade to black, ended up losing. Um I think this is going to be the start of them breaking up Lana and Lashley. They shouldn't have been together to begin with. But yeah, I think this is the start of them breaking those two up.
1: Yeah. The match was the match the match was pretty good. It was definitely better than I expected, but yeah, hopefully they do break them up cuz Because it was just a terrible storyline to begin with.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, next up, I thought, was the best storyline going. Otis versus Dolph. I mean, look at this. We have Otis, bigger guy, wants the the blonde, beautiful girl and all this. And we think he's going to get her. Um, He gets a date with her. And then we find out later on in the story – that Sonia used Mandy's phone to text Otis that Mandy was going to be late. Dolph wanted the date with Mandy, so Sonia's like, going on the date with Mandy. Otis arrives at the restaurant. Mandy's on a date with Dolph. We see the end of those two. Uh, Mandy's kind of like going back and forth. She doesn't know to go with Dolph or Otis, and then Mandy finds out that her friend backstabs her, um, and that story came to fruition last night. We saw Sonia um came out with Dolph. I think that was awkward that they just randomly had her show up with Dolph, but we know where this is going. Um throughout the match, Sonya gets involved and Mandy comes out, attacks her old tag team partner, helps Otis get the victory, and then we see at the end, um, Beauty and the Beast type, we see Otis gets the girl. Um hopefully this is probably leading to a tag team feud. Um don't know what this means for Tucker Knight, Otis's partner. Maybe Mandy will manage both of them. We don't know. Um, but yeah, I thought this was the biggest build. Um, the match was okay. wasn't the best. wasn't the worst. Could have been better. Don't know.
1: Match was. I didn't really watch the match just because I actually wasn't really that interested in the, in the whole feud and storyline, but. I mean, I seen Otis came out on top, which that's that's good. That the good guy always ends up winning. So,
0: yeah, I know I know you yeah. didn't have a lot to say because you didn't watch it, um, but that's completely okay. Next up, a match nine years, if not more, in the making. Ed makes his return um, after nine years of being retired due to neck injuries. Comes back. Um, Orton attacks Edge, t- attacks Edge's family, attacks Edge's kids, settled in a last-minute standing match. This match was – I don't even know what to say. Um, it was pretty much what I expected. It didn't really take place a lot in the ring. I think they might have been in the ring for about the first minute. And then after that, they were just beating the hell out of each other throughout the entire performance center. Um so, yeah, I we saw a spot where it looked like Orton was trying to, like, choke the life out of Edge with a TRX machine. We saw Edge climb the rafters and do an elbow drop onto a table. Um, we saw the biggest ladder I've ever seen. Edge did a spear on top of a semi-truck. Um, Edge jumped from the top of some kind of cage that reminded us of Here Comes the Pain to a table. They pretty much just destroyed each other for 35 minutes and I think this match was to prove that Edge can still go and Edge can still perform at big heights even after nine years of being out. Same for Orton. Um, At the end, we kind of saw Edge kind of feel bad for attacking his friend, even though his friend went at his family. Um, So I'm interested in seeing where this goes. I mean, at the end, we saw Edge gave Orton a hug and Edge was crying. So I don't know if this continues. If that was the end, um, don't know what's gonna happen. What were your thoughts on that match?
1: I I really liked the match. Like it, it was definitely probably probably the match of the night. But I mean, we can explain that later. But uh, yeah, it was it was very brutal. Like the amount of times Edge's head got bashed in onto something was just crazy.
0: Right, definitely. It was ridiculous. And so you know. next up match that has had four different teams fighting each. It's just a cluster. Street Profits versus was supposed to be Garza and Andrade. We found out Andrade was out. So Austin Theory comes up from NXT. Teams with Garza take on the Street Profits. Um, this match didn't really last long. It was kind of a filler. After seeing a thirty-five-minute clinic from Edge and Orton, they kind of needed to cool down to get ready for the bigger matches to come. Um, I thought it was perfect placement in the card. There really wasn't a lot in this match. We saw Bianca Belair made her main roster debut, coming out to help her husband Montez Ford. Um, after Selena Vega got involved, uh, maybe it'll be a a huge six-person feud between those six. Don't know. Maybe we'll see a six-man six-person tag match on Raw tonight. Um, but yeah, pretty much that's all I can say for that match. Cool. So, next up, women's championship. Um, Becky, Sasha, Lacey, Naomi, Tamina. It was supposed to be Dana, of course, but of course, Dana was pulled. Um, let's start with you. What can you, what were your drawbacks on this match? What did you notice a lot of, and what, what did you like about it? Or just like.
1: Uh, I noticed a lot of teaming up on on Tamina. All the women would try to team up on Tamina. I mean, I guess take out, like the commentator said, take out the bigger threat. And I mean, everyone's prediction and a lot, well, not everyone, but a lot of people's prediction was that Tamina was going to come out on top. Well, she was the first one who was eliminated. And then, I mean... The match it didn't really it wasn't really that long but I mean it it was it was pretty good and I mean I'm upset to see Bailey retain because I was hoping we would get a new champion but it's kind of surprising that Sasha didn't turn on Bailey after that match because she she looked like she was about to like trying to give her the title she looked like she was about to like hit her with it or something but then she just wrapped it around her waist and held up her hand.
0: I, I think, sorry to interrupt. I think we saw the start of a potential feud with Sasha and Bailey. And here's why. Sasha and Bailey had teamed up for most of the match. And then there was some kind of mistake that was made that Sasha got a knee from Bailey. Sasha comes back in and says, I've always had your back. I've never once defied you. And Bailey was like, all right, calm down. Let's talk about it later. They continue to help each other. Um, except there's one moment in the match, Bailey kind of swings Lacey around. Sasha gets a women's right from Lacey. Now Bailey is clearly able to like help Sasha at this point. Bailey's just over in the corner, just sitting there watching as Lacey is pinning Sasha. And I don't think Sasha realized that, that her friend kind of put her out as bait, so to speak and I think that Sasha will find out at some point, and then that's what will lead to Sasha saying, oh, well, I've always had your back, but, Bailey, you didn't have my back when I needed it the most, and then they're going to lead to a potential feud at SummerSlam. So I did think we did see bits and pieces, but like you said, I thought it would happen last night, but I think they're building for the future with that. All right. Next, I don't even know what to explain about this. like I don't know whether I liked it. I don't know whether I didn't like it. I'm still mind-blown to what I even saw. I don't know what I was watching. Me and Cena. You can go ahead, because I have some stuff I want to make note about this match. You can Um, go ahead and
1: start. Let's see. At the beginning, we just saw John Cena like coming out to his normal stuff, the normal green attire that he's had for quite a while, and next thing you know the firefly funhouse pops up and bray bray is talking to him and saying walking and then he ends up walking behind this door and then and then cena all of a sudden pops up and then rambling rambling rabbit or whatever the name is he he tells them to go through the door, and then John Cena ends up going through the door. It's this dark place. And then all these weird cutscenes happen. And you see the reenactment of Kurt Angle versus John Cena, but this time it's Bray. And so then you see the return of the old John Cena, and the prototype looking John Cena. And He goes for a swing like the thing after he says, Ruthless, aggression. And he keeps missing because Bray keeps ducking. And then afterwards, I can't remember what happened, but there was a lot of craziness. Because then even Dr. Thugonomics came out. And then we saw something that a lot of fans have been wanting for a long time. And that's Hollywood Cena. Cena being part of the NWO. We got to see him act like he was Hulk Hogan. Because it's kind of cool because people have compared them a lot. Like a lot in their career, being the top face, being the kids, the kids hero and all that stuff. And then, and then all of a sudden it stops and then Bray, they refer back to WrestleMania 30 and Cena's back in the attire. And then, yeah, and then it it goes all weird. Even weirder after that, because then Fiend shows up randomly, and then, yeah, there's the ending. And instead of actually having a ref, then you have a cutscene of Bray himself counting the pin. So, yeah, it was quite a weird—I honestly don't know what to say about it, but I'm happy that we got to see a lot of old memories of John Cena and Bray Wyatt.
0: (laughs) So, I'm going to start with—like I said, I had no idea— what this was. Um, I'm going to tell you what I think it may be. I'm probably wrong, but it's a shot in the dark in saying that I might be right at this. So, one thing I was disappointed in the entire build up for this, we were supposed to see a match. Now, I know you're like, well, it's a Firefly Funhouse match. Like, it's not going to be like a normal match. Yes. But we thought we would see a fight. These two go at it. Bray finally go over Cena, get his retribution. But they kind of took a different spin on it. I think this entire... I wouldn't even call it a match. I'd call it a segment. Was to build up Bray Wyatt again as the Fiend. Um, My opinion, since Hell in a Cell after the Seth Rollins thing, he hasn't been the same. You can say, yeah, he won the title, but he hasn't been the same Fiend that we were used to. And I think, especially after losing to Goldberg in the fashion that he lost, and he just steps away, they kind of needed to build him up again. And they used Cena to do that. They used Cena as, okay, this is where it started. It needs to end here. And now the Fiend has suddenly manifested enough power to go back to his old ways. I think it was more like Cena was there as a filler it was never supposed to be a match, and I'm kind of upset because it was dubbed as a match. Although, the kid in me, of course, is excited because I remember watching Ruthless Aggression Era, that same moment you were talking about. This kid from Wesley Mass, John Cena, comes out, goes after Kurt Angle. We even saw the Fist Arena, which was iconic because that's one of my favorite arenas. Um, and he says, what do you have, Ruthless Aggression? Cena hits him. But misses because it's the fiend. Um, and then we see Cena go back into the Doctor of Thugonomics from 2003. Actually, it was the same attire he had last year. Um, he starts rapping and some weird raps. Um, some stuff were said I can't talk about. There's a lot of X rated language in it, but it's whatever. But, anyways, yeah, we lead to Bray Wyatt showing the old Bray Wyatt, um, the Lantern Bray Wyatt. In the rocking chair, um, then we have the feed putting yeah. Cena in the claw. Bray Wyatt's the ref. It's just it was all it was just a lot. Was it fun? Yeah, it was fun to see. Like we we saw Vince McMahon. They reenacted the part where Cena almost got fired by Vince. Um, but yeah, I was disappointed in the aspect that I was expecting more. It was more of a burial of Cena, not even a burial. Like, Cena was just there as a filler. It didn't even become a match. So that's what I can say about it. Um, main event, match that I've been waiting for for a while. Drew McIntyre finally gets his title match against Brock after working for 12 years, being fired, was a joke in 3 B. Goes wrestles around the world in TNA and other places around the world, comes back, um, is a repackaged Drew McIntyre, a more determined, a more focused Drew. Finally gets a shot after winning the Rumble, um, and they did what typical WWE does, made him look strong. Um, He kicked out of one, I think, after three F5s, and then did a four corners Claymore to Brock and ended up winning. The build of this match was incredible. I talked about it on my last episode. I would have seen these two fight in a Duck and Donuts drive through I would have seen them fight in a Walmart. I would have seen them fight over the last freaking
1: Corn on the cob at dinner time.
0: I don't care. Wherever these two were fighting, I would have seen it. Um, I'm happy with the outcome. Again, Brock comes in as champ, leaves with nothing. It's, it's a typical story. What do you think of this match?
1: i i'm very happy for drew because i've always been a drew fan even when he even when a lot of people didn't like him before he got fired like i was even a drew fan then and i'm i'm happy that he finally got his chance to come out on top and win and beat beat the beast because he really deserved it i mean should have it been in front of a crowd yes Because, I mean, the crowd probably would have erupted when Drew won. But, I mean, at least we still get to see Drew as champ. It's not the way we wanted it, but or probably he wanted it. But still, he's still champ, so it's good for him.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of, in my opinion, it was kind of a symbolic victory for him. Because, yes, there was no fans. And throughout most of his career, except for when he was in 3MB and with Cody Rhodes and all this stuff, he was pretty much by himself. I mean, yeah, he was dubbed the chosen one, but it seemed like all of WWE was against him, and he had nobody but Drew. And in an arena where it's just you against Brock Lesnar, and then you end up winning, and then you saw at the end, he looks at the camera and says thank you and waves, almost as if saying to his fans, like, thank you this is our championship. Like, it was a great story, I think. I think, yeah, it would have been a better moment in front of fans, but it's still a great moment for Drew because it kind of captivates his entire career and brings it into fruition. So, yeah, I mean, that's all for the card. Um, So now I'm interested in hearing, what do you think? We're going to go top three. um, What were your top three, in your opinion, the best matches of this mania?
1: uh so i don't really like to put things in order well i do but like when it comes to ranking things i don't really like put it in order i just say it all but i would have to go with the edge and randy match last minute thing that's definitely a top in the top three uh huh. The boneyard match, even though that that was that was a lot of clips and stuff, but it was still it was still technically a match. So, I would put that in the second and third. I would have to say, huh? Third one is a hard choice because I mean, like I don't know what I mean. There was pretty great matches, but I don't know what a third one would be. Honestly. I'm going to have to go with, because this is the one that I'm thinking right now, I'm going to have to go with the ladder match.
0: Yeah, I kind of figured that that's where you would go. Um, My three, I mentioned before, Owens-Rollins was an incredible match, I thought. I like the Orton-Edge thing. Third is tough for me. I think threes, I think I did the wrong thing by giving you only three, because three is a tough one to choose from. I enjoyed the Boneyard match and I enjoyed the ladder match almost equally. So those are my top three. As far as the future, um, I know that you had mentioned you hadn't watched up until Mania. After Mania, are going to continue to watch or are you just going to go and stick to AEW for a while?
1: Yeah, I, I really don't know because like it's not like I really have cable or anything because it's not like I can watch it live very much. But I mean... I definitely do watch watch some of the shows still, but, like, I don't know. I'm definitely not going to quit on AEW because everybody else has practically quit on AEW that we talked to. But, I mean, I, I'm still going with a, AEW. Like, I'm still more of an AEW fan just because I, I get to see – I've always been a fan of mid-card wrestling. And we get to see mid-card people as top people in that company.
0: True. I think that is a very good point you made. We kind of get to see that the mid-carders are, if not better. Like, for instance, take Trent Beretta. Trent Beretta was a guy who in WWE lasted for the length of a sneeze and was looked at as a joke. Trent Beretta and Kenny Omega had, in my opinion, what I thought was the best match I've seen in AEW so far this past week. Like, Trent showed that he could go. Um, We also saw the... Look at the new TNT tournament. Um, what are your opinions? Who, who do you think comes out? I personally think this is a way for Archer to go against Cody. Um, for I think it's too early for Vance to lose, and I think that Vance comes out on top. Or Lance, sorry, he's Vance from WWE. Lance Archer comes out on top. So
1: I mean, yeah, that's what I was thinking that this because I mean they've been building up Lance versus Cody, especially with Jake talking talking crap about. Arn Anderson and saying talking to Cody and most of his segments and promos and stuff. So I really think this is a setup for both of them. And I feel like because Cody said he didn't want to be he didn't want to be champion like because then it wouldn't be really fair to the others. So I feel like he's going to put over Lance when it comes to the final round of the. team.
0: Yeah, I can see that. So yeah, that's all that I wanted to talk about today I mean like you said keep looking at AEW, AEW big things to come it's a great time to be a wrestling fan um, I'm going to be watching Raw closely tonight I want to see I'm interested in seeing where things go after Mania and things, where things lead in the future um, thank you for joining me Yep. anything My- you'd like to add before we go off the air here
1: Uh, one thing uh, I don't like to really talk about negatives but since it's Autism Awareness Month, I feel like we should we should be proud of like I don't know I don't know how to say this, but like kind of like sponsor Autism Awareness because autism is a thing that a lot of people struggle with. I mean, I myself even struggle with it, uh, and I feel like some of these kids. So there's this thing called Culture City that AW has been partnering with and it helps people go to events and stuff. And I feel like that is very great that we have things like that nowadays that can actually help kids who are sh- who are uh, a little bit different and helping them be in the real world. But that's, that's really all I have to say.
0: And, and yeah, um, I too would like to add working at a school um, with children with autism, um, having been around it my whole life, um, I can only imagine how it feels to be you and what other people are going through when it's looked at as a disease. Um, While I see it as that, I see it as a unique way of thinking and a unique way of getting things done. Um, But yeah, do everybody who's listening, go out sponsor autism awareness for whatever you can. I know it's tough times and I'm asking you to do a lot, but I think this is probably the best time to do this because not only do we need to take care of ourselves, we need to take care of everybody else in our community and around the world to make sure that we all stay safe. We're all struggling. We're all going through the same thing. Get out there, donate to some kind of, like you said, culture city, Um, donate to some kind of autism speaks or whatever like that whatever you can do to help, please, please, please do so.
1: Thank you, Kaya,
0: for being here. Um, Thank you for your insight.
1: And we'll be in touch. All right. All right, later.